Welcome to Business Talk Sister Doc. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is Understanding the Basics of Book Publishing. And we have a guest with us who we are super excited about. Ruthie's going to give you a little bit of info about her. All right. So we have with us Jessica, who is an alumni of Bethel undergraduate program and the graduate program. She's attained obtaining a degree in music education and special education. For Jessica, writing is not only a hobby, but an effective method of procrastination. (laughs) Her, Her debut novel, Lost in Legend, coming in 2021, is an urban fantasy novel uh, fans of Supernatural and Twilight will enjoy. Uh, and that's just a beautiful intro that she sent to us and that we had the privilege of reading. And I'm so excited to get to pick your brain, Jessica. So thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what you do. Like, what would you encapsulate that as? Oh, um, I mean, outside of the business day, I'm an author. Um, and I'd say anyone who writes is an author, um, and a lot goes under that title. But specifically, I'm an author of mostly urban fantasy, and I dabble a little bit in horror and thrill thrillers. Wow. Awesome. Cool. So why do you do it? It's fun. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, growing up, I was a big reader, and one of my favorite things to do was just daydream about the stuff that I'd read. And then eventually I started turning my ideas into stories. And um, by the time I graduated college, I'd finished this novel. Um, I never thought that I'd go into publishing, but um, after I finished the the novel, I, I started to get curious about the whole process of publishing. Mm-hmm. You did that all in your undergrad? Um, well, undergrad it, undergrad took me a good nine years to finish. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. Cool. So, okay. The next question with that is, um, how do you do it? Like, what was the process when you first started? And, and I know we're going to get into a ton more questions about that, but where would you say you got going? Um, the first thing I had to do was sit down and write. So in order to start going through the publishing process, you have to have a novel. Um, and before I finished the novel, I looked a little bit into publishing, but I got the consensus that you have to have a novel before you start querying agents and publishers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, so that's the very first step. You have to have a novel or something to publish in order to get published. Makes right. logical sense. <laughs> you can't just be like, I got a great idea. You should really talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So did you have to like, once you wrote it, were you going through a lot of editing, um, all that kind of stuff before um, bringing it forward or what was the process? Yeah. yeah. Well, after I finished the book, um, the next step was just to go through it. And I think I went through it maybe 20 times. Um mm-hmm. Um, killing off uh, my darlings, as they call it. So going through, <laughs> condensing it, taking away my favorite parts just because I wrote them for fun, <laughs> things like that. So really making it a, a publishing worthy novel. What was your first step then after editing? Did you go straight to the publisher? 
Um, actually, my first step was telling my husband that I wrote a book. So that was fun. Um, wow. I think <laughs> I know. No uh, I think that whatsoever? was the, you just were like, just oh, no hey. preface. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that was the first step before I had exposed the rest of the world to my writing is give it to him. And oh boy, that was nerve wracking, but yeah. he still loves me after reading it. So I think we're good. <laughs> what was his feedback on it? So he would go through it. Um, I mean, it took him a good month to go through it because he went through and he also proofread for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put in-depth comments on it and initial reactions to it. Um, so he'd go through it chapter by chapter. And I mean, I would ask him questions about um, what he thought about the characters, the plot line, what he thought would need, need to be fixed. And he was actually a very good first read because... Mm-hmm. Um, he gave me his honest opinion. Okay. So mm-hmm. you've got this first read and then what is your, you, the rest of your editing process look like? Yeah. So then I started to put together a critiquing group. So I found other authors through so- social media. Um, there's a big, a big annual contest called RevPit mm-hmm. um, where authors can go and submit their stories to have editors review it and determine if they want to do a developmental edit on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they make it they make it a lot of fun and it's through Twitter. So you're constantly meeting other authors um, through the Twitter platform. But uh, somebody put together some critiquing groups. So you were matched with people from your genre. And I actually found a couple a couple authors who were willing to read my story as I read their stories and they gave their honest feedback. And the nice thing about that was they had all done their own research. And so Mm -hmm. the information they found helped me go through and edit my own book. Mm -hmm. So what, from that, once you were like, all right, this is good to go. What are the different paths to getting your book published? Yeah, well, there there are quite a few, and it really depends on what you want to spend as far as time, research, and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the path of least resistance uh, would be self-publishing, <laughs> but if you want a good quality product, you're probably going to be spending a lot more of your own money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you think there are four, four editing passes that you typically want to do on a novel, um, that could run you up five thousand plus dollars, mm-hmm. not to mention the cover and the typesetting stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I didn't have the money for that, so I went down the road of traditional publishing. Um, and with traditional publishing, you can either submit to small presses and medium presses individually, or you could look for a literary agent who would mm. submit to the medium and larger presses on your behalf. Mm. So which one did you decide to do? Um, I tried both routes, actually. I looked for an agent um, and I queried small and medium-sized presses. Um, I was leaning towards having an agent just because an agent knows the the publishing industry. um, And it's their job to go through contracts and point out red flags things that you really have to watch out and they negotiate on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, I ended up finding a small publisher 
who was willing to publish my work. And that just meant that I had to do all the research myself. Okay. Right. So how did you avoid um, vanity publishers through that process? And maybe we should, could you also give us a definition of what a vanity publisher is? Yeah. So a vanity publisher is a publisher that you would pay. Um, They do all all the steps for self-publishing for you. So you don't have to worry about that. They hire the editors, they make the cover for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And vanity publishing isn't necessarily bad, but because it's a big money, um, a money centered publishing route, there are a lot of scams. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be very careful if you're signing on with a vanity publisher. I personally, I I didn't have any submissions to vanity publishers, but there are research uh, resources that you can use to determine whether a place is trustworthy or not. Mm. Okay. So you've got the the literary agents, you've traditional publishing, and then you also talked about like vanity publishers and um, and then the the self-publishing. So are those the four kind of areas of, of self or of publishing a book? Yeah, self-publishing, vanity, and then traditional publishing. Okay. So how many, I, I was reading a little bit about this, and it seems like there's a lot of work in the quarries. So how many letters did you write? Um, well, I initially started with just the one. So you just have one, It's and you just tailor it to every publisher and agent you're querying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I submitted it to, I think I counted 32 Wow. Publishers and agents. So that's where I totaled. And I mean, depending on the market, you could be doing it longer. It's not necessarily determining whether you have a good novel. It just is the market ready for your novel. Hmm. I think that's a really good way to put that. I like that. And I love how (laughs) I'm just laughing about this because this sounds like you have done a ton of work on this. And then to like, just be like, oh, I should probably tell my husband about this. <laughs> and, like, and then, after, you know, did so after you told him, then you sent out these 32 letters? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you were kind of going through that process and you had somebody that said, yep, we want to publish your book, how did that look? Oh, I think that the day that I got that letter was the most exciting. I was in the middle of working. Um, I was teaching a class and then I got the the interest letter. And I mean, the first couple hours was just freaking out and then telling everyone that I saw that my manuscript finally got some interest. That's okay. But then after that, it was just going through, okay, now is this publisher serious? So it was me talking with the publisher, seeing how long they've been in the industry. Um, so with small publishers, uh, they say that the life of small publishers is about five years. Mm-hmm. And so if they've been in the game for about four years, maybe you want to question what their business strategies are and how they plan to, to stay in business. Mm-hmm. I think that's also really valuable. I'm getting, I'm learning a lot from you right now because it's <laughs> like, just like, yeah, that's a little nugget of, of being able to see if they're a credible company, if you should go with them. So I think that's really good that you just said that because um, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that so hopefully somebody yeah <laughs> um, and then with publishers you always want to just check to make sure it's not a scam so you can always type their name and then 
add scam to it when you're doing your search of them. And usually the first couple things that pop up will tell you if it's if it's a scam. Another good thing to do. <laughs> so how, okay, so like how did that process, you got the letter and then how did you contact with them further and what did that look like when, like did they set up a meeting with you to give you feedback on it or was it just like, nope, we want to do this, just send us your contact, like further stuff or what? what, what are the next steps? Yeah, so we emailed back and forth and so they'd been in the business long enough so they passed mm-hmm. that check. And then my next thing was to go, I went and bought an ebook from them. And then I went and I bought a published book. um, So I could review the quality. Now if it's marked full or chock full of errors and things um, that would create other red flags, then that's another telltale sign that you probably don't want to go with that publisher. Mm. Um, But their ebooks checked out their, their hard copy books checked out. Um, They were high quality. Um, and then I went and I talked to a couple other authors who had worked with the publisher mm. to see how satisfied they were. How did you um, find those people? Um, so in the author process here, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so in the author community, um, mm. it's it's common for you to follow um, a, a small sized author, a, a not as well known author, and they would follow you back if they see author in your title. Okay. Um, so you see a lot of that on Twitter and Instagram. And so once they accept you as a friend, that kind of opens up an avenue of communication. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then um, you found out that they also went with that publisher. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I, I disjointed your progression of what you went through. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, Keep that's going. fine. That's fine. So I went through, I went and talked to other authors um, and they gave the publisher uh, uh, very good marks. Mm. And then the next step was actually reading through the contract and negotiating which rights I kept for myself. Um, and I just, I Googled my way through that as well. Mm-hmm. And what would you say, these are the takeaways, like anybody should really pay attention to this? Um, as far as contracts, just make sure you know how you're going to get paid and when you're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um for bigger size publishers, you would get something called an advance. Um, as a debut author, you can expect that a- advance to be much smaller. Um, someone like Stephen King um, might make six figures, whereas as a new author, you might make four figures. Okay. Um, with smaller publishers, there aren't typically advanced, so you want to watch the wording in the contract, making sure that after the book is published, are you getting getting paid gross royalties or net royalties? Um, and whether that's going to be after production costs or not. And I think typically you want to steer away from after the production costs. So um, when you're talking about, okay, they're going to take your work and you have a contract with them, do they then go about um, that process of promoting it for you, or do you still kind of have to do that? A lot of that is left to the author. Larger size publishers will do a little bit more for marketing, but small sized, it's up to the author to do all that, the marketing. Um, now the publisher themselves, they do have a presence that they've established over time. So they will help because it's in their best interest for them to make money and recoup the costs of, of publishing the book. But um, the brunt of it is left up to the author. Okay. 
Yeah. So in that aspect, I'm just going to circle back to the, like the profitability. Um, is there a difference between the rights and royalties, which you have when you go with a, um, a publisher versus doing self-publish? Yes. So self-publishing, you'll get to keep mostly all of the royalties uh, minus the production costs. Um, and I think uh, Amazon, when you self-publish through Amazon, which is the big self-publishing platform, mm -hmm. uh, they keep like 10 to 20% of the royalties um, so that they can make a profit off of it, but you get to keep most of it and you get to determine um, um, what you do with those royalties, whether it's spending it on marketing um, or putting it towards your next book or just keeping it. Mm -hmm. With traditional publishing, you typically get less of the royalties. So you get about 60%-ish. So it's like 40 to 60% and then the publisher gets the rest. Um, and then again, it depends on your contract. So like with advances, um, if you're with a bigger publisher, the advances are just that, they're in advance. So you're, you might not see royalties for a while if you get a big advance. So one of the notes that we kind of, I love talking with people who are super organized because Thanks. when you send us notes and we have so many <laughs> things to talk about. This Google Doc is stunning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know that we had already talked a little bit about that Corey letter, but one of the things I'm noticing is here, you have this, like, you need to really come up with a grabby short pitch for your book and to put in your Corey letter. And how did you go about that? And how did you know, like, this is like the pitch that's going to be golden? Um, yeah, well, again, research. So finding good, good um, pitches. And I was constantly on the, the, the mad pitches, uh, the contests on Twitter, where authors would just pitch their books on Twitter in hopes of getting an agent or a publisher interested. So reading through those top ones and finding like what's grabby for the agents and publishers um, and then bouncing, uh, bouncing those off my uh, critiquing partners. So we work together on developing our pitches and we'd help each other fix it. And um, of course for Twitter, it has to be so many words. So which, which words can you chop and which words do you need to add to make it grabby? And then did you get any feedback at all from publishers that you were submitting stuff to? Not really. Um, they, they go through hundreds of novels a day at the least. And so they don't have a whole lot of time to give authors feedback. It's nice when they do. Same with agents. It's nice when they do, but it's not to be expected. Um, I think the best, the best feedback was when I did get the interest from from publishers and agents um, that said that I'm hitting the mark and uh, my my pitch is catchy enough. So what other places did you go to for information to know what should be in your cover letter, book submission? Like, were there any resources that were helpful in that? Um, yeah, there. so for the pitch, the pitch wars um, that I participated in, pitchwars.org slash pitmad is a good stop to developing your pitch. It tells you exactly what you need. Um, and then, I mean, if you just Google query letter, you can find a ton of resources. 
Okay. okay. And do you have any other recommendations on like tools or anything like that or places to find people to edit your stuff that you've found helpful throughout the process? Yeah. Um, so looking for agents and publishers, uh, manuscriptwishlist.com is a great place to research agents. Um, they typically post their dream novels or their dream submissions on that website. And so, I mean, this is something that you, that you can do even as you're writing your novel. Um, and then following those agents on social media is also a good idea. Um, there's one agent that I follow. She's constantly putting um, the things that she rejected that day and why she rejected them. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's a great way to make sure you're not uh, making any of those errors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, That'd be really scary if you submitted something to her and then it showed up on her social media. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's general general enough to make mm-hmm. it seem like it happens all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Breezy.com is a great platform for, I mean, if you're interested in taking the self-publishing route, you can find editors and um, cover designers through Reezy. And you can also typeset your book on that platform as well. And that's free. Um, and so if you want to turn your work into an ebook, all you have to do is add the chapters to that platform and then you hit a button and it's typeset. What is um, it's not perfect. Mean? Typeset. So do you know how when you read a book, everything's just kind of beautiful inside that book. So you open it up and they're pretty paragraphs. Um, all the words fit on one page. There aren't any weird gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, chapters are right at the top all the time with the same same spacing um it's very uniform Hmm. so it just Uh, does that for you it just does that for you so you can Hmm. automatically make your work an ebook which is actually a lot of fun i've done that several Hmm. times with my my reader magnet um going through adding it editing it and then retype setting and then setting it up to be an ebook that i could distribute distribute through story origin Okay, you're gonna have to tell us what a reader magnet is. Yeah. Because... <laughs> um, so a reader magnet is actually a great way to market yourself as an author um, and build a following before you even put out your first debut novel. Um, and so with that, so for my reader magnet, I actually took um, a side story. So a character, I made a side story of that character and I just did like an eight cha- chapter novella something that I think my base reader, my base audience would enjoy. I wrote it, I edited it, and then I gave it out for free. Um, and so in getting that for free, they actually agree to be a part of my newsletter. Um, and so and does that lead them to your, do they have to read your book first for it to make sense or it's its own standalone? Yeah, with a good reader, reader magnet, you do want it to be a standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, something where they don't have to read the main one to get it, but just a side story that they would enjoy. You don't want the main novel to be dependent on it either. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just, yeah, just standalone. And so from doing that, I think I built my newsletter to about, I think I'm at 4,900. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. impressive. Oh, look at you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that's it. That's been less than a year that I've had that. So it's a really good, it's a really good tool for building um, your base platform. Yeah. So then what do you do when they sign up for your newsletter? Do they just like, what do you produce in your newsletter? 
Um, so through Story Origin, you can join group promotions where other reader magnets or other review copies um, are put into big groups and you can essentially give away free books that aren't yours mm-hmm. um, in agreeing to promote these other authors. Um, and I mean, it's, it's constant. So I do that. You can do contests if you want. Um, um, audiences typically like more personal, personalized emails, not just, hey, here's free stuff, enjoy. Um, and they like to be given purpose for newsletters. So a big part is what they can do for the, the artist community, whether it's handmade crafts or books or artists. I like to promote the, those um, those features as well. So this sounds like you've done so many different things here. And I just, how did you stay motivated throughout all of that? Because you send out 32 of these letters. Like that's, that's a lot. It, yeah, it was. And I think, I think every rejection I got, actually, I had to face this, okay, am I going to quit? Or am I, am I going to change something and try again? That I think that was just a personal battle that I had to fight every time. Um, in the end, I think it made me a stronger person, learning that I can change um, and then I can be better. I think the biggest step for me, so by the time I was getting more interest in my novel, I had just recently submitted my first three chapters to an editor to really help me work out, okay, what was going on, what's going on with the story Um, why isn't it grabbing the attention that I want and then taking her feedback and changing basically my whole process Um, so in working with an editor I was able to actually learn quite a few things and improve my writing Mm -hmm. um, for like a low cost of like $50 so it was $50 well spent Um, and I was able to move my hook up in my novel um, in, uh, and you typically want that like within the first five pages. Okay. Um, and so I, I moved my hook up and I smoothed out the first couple chapters. And after I started submitting at that point, that's when I started to get interest in my story. Hmm. Um, and so my last three submissions, I received full manuscript requests. Hmm. So that was exciting. So normally you send the first three chapters and if they want more, they'll ask you for the whole thing. Yeah. And that varies from agent to publisher. Some agents, they just want to see the query letter. And then some publishers might want to see the first 10 pages and then some do the standard first three chapters. So you really want to make sure the first chunk is really well edited. Mm, Awesome. Well, you know, thank you so much for giving us all this information. I'm we, so bummed. You have like so much more we can talk about. I feel like we're getting close to time and I'm sitting here like, no, just let's just ask, let's ask another one. Let's ask another <laughs> one. Uh, where, how about you can tell us where people can find you? Um, so you can visit my website at jessiempalmer.com. So that's J-E-S-S-E-M palmer.com. Okay. Um, or you can find me at twi- Twitter at, yeah, Palmer Jessica 22 and then Jesse M. Palmer on Instagram if you're interested. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask me personally about publishing or about my experience, you can um, get my email from 
my website. Oh, awesome. Well, we're going to transition into our sister gawk portion of our episode and we're going to tell you a story. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, um, we, I don't know if you know this, but we have seven, there's seven kids in our family. So, um, which is a lot to handle at any level, but Becca's going to tell us a story about when she took our youngest brother, Micah to target. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time, I think I had probably just gotten my driver's license like semi recently. (laughs) And, um, you know, like I've, so I've been around kids because we have so many siblings, right? So do the whole car seat thing, whatever we get there and we're getting in the store and I'm so excited to be at target because like, we don't have a at the time, we didn't live near a Target. It's like the <laughs> closest Target was like 45 minutes to an hour away. Yeah, I don't even know how I convinced my mom that we needed to go there. But anyways, <laughs> so I'm like trying to get the card out. And he's very insistent that we need to get, I don't know if you've ever seen those carts with the little section for the two kids to sit down. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And he's like, we need this. <laughs> so, so out of it. So I'm like, okay, fine. This is and like, he's still ridiculous. like that. When he sets his mind to something, it's like the world has to explode before he's like, yeah, all right. I guess I'll change my mind. <laughs> yeah. So I get this card out and I'm like, oh, this thing is so bulky and like embarrassing as like a 16 year old wanted to be a target <laughs> and I'm like okay we'll do this so we start like getting them buckled in whatever and then I look away and hear this like and I turn around and I realize he's eating popcorn <laughs> and I'm like where did you find that and he's like right here and I look down and like there's a whole bunch of popcorn like stuck to the side of this like <laughs> grocery cart and he's just eating. like oh. <laughs> not only are you mortified now you're possibly poisoning your sibling <laughs> oh my word I was like oh that is so gross like put that down and he's like so upset but <laughs> of course he was he had a plan and it was to eat the popcorn <laughs> you said no <laughs> oh my goodness it was just yeah like <laughs> I just recently remember that because I somebody else I kid like ate popcorn off the floor and I'm like see like kids just do that <laughs> you look away for five seconds and they've got a whole meal <laughs> well thank you so much Jessica for being us being here with us today it was really fun to just hear your story and and yeah just learn a lot from you really a ton um so if you enjoyed listening to this episode then go ahead and and follow Jessica um if you want to visit our website it's uh business talk and we will see you again next week.